Welcome to another episode of the Walker Lab podcast. I am Arik Levy, General Partner at Walker One Ventures. And I'm Brian Dewey, co-founder and CEO of Colony. Today, I'm super excited to have Tony Jasinski join us. Tony and I have known each other for a, a very long time. Tony, I think I was thinking back to the, uh, might've been the first home delivery world, probably 15 years ago that, that we met and been following each other's career. It's been a lot of fun. Tony's now with, uh, with Chit Chats and also a member of our uh, Last Mile Experts uh, doing some great stuff. So Tony, I'm super excited to have you, uh, you join us today. Well, thank you, and it's a pleasure to be connecting with you, Eric. And you're right; it's been probably well over ten years since we uh, started this, started connecting in this business. So, with that, Tony, I'd love to hear your story and your journey. I, I, it's been fun. I've I've met with you a couple times up in Canada. I remember; I think the last time was you gave me a tour of the uh, the in post build out you guys were doing, which was which was amazing. Um, so, I'd love to sort of hear your journey, and especially how it pertains to lockers. Well, you know, it's been quite the journey, there's no doubt. And, you know, uh, InPost, and that was, I guess, about eight years ago when I was the CEO of InPost Canada, and it taught me a lot. Uh, you know, it was quite quite the experience because 10 years ago or eight years ago, you know, parcel lockers were completely new. I mean, they're hard enough today to promote in North America as an open network, but 10 years or eight years ago was even a lot tougher as you know, but it allowed me to go out there and actually introduce this. And I did that and we actually did launch in Toronto and we did have actually 175 parcel lockers out there that we had partnered with, you know, the likes of Petro Canada, Shell and Loblaws. Uh, and we were doing quite well because we already had courier companies in, we had Purelator on board and Canpar, we had some retail companies, we were doing really, really well, but unfortunately, there was a financial crisis within post back in Poland, and they had to terminate all of the countries that they had opened, and at that time, they had about 12 countries open, and unfortunately, Canada was shut down, and the project got shelved. However, uh, the two years that I spent building that network out really, really gave me a lot of experience and led me to where I am today. Excellent. Yeah, um, it's great to see, you know, uh, and, and speak to somebody like you, Tony, with so much, so much experience in the industry. Um, you mentioned early on, it was even significantly harder than it is today. And today's hard. Um, what were some of those? What were some of the most challenging projects you dealt with uh, as you were working in the logistics industry? And uh, what were some of the obstacles that you that you faced regarding that? Well, it was trying to educate uh, business and consumers, the value of a parcel locker, because, you know, at that time, putting out this huge box out in, out in some front of somebody's store or out on the street, just people couldn't visualize that. They didn't understand that they couldn't, they couldn't comprehend the value that it would bring. And it wasn't until we actually started to put the lockers out there and people started to use them that we started to get a tremendous response. And, you know, we would get people saying that this is fantastic. I can come anytime I want. There's no lineups. This is, this is absolutely great. 
you know, retail stores and locations that we are at, we're saying, you know what? We actually have people coming by to pick up a parcel and they're coming into our store because it's convenient. They're there already. So that was really exciting to see. And it was exciting to see all of the feedback that we were getting through our website, through the customer, you know, when they were able to, because we also allowed them to rate our experience. And it was really, really good. And, and it actually, on the net promoter score, which is the NPS and a lot of people go by that, it was actually quite the high NPS at that time. So people that were using it were embracing that technology. And the stores that allowed us to put it there were exactly, you know, they were grateful that uh, this was there. And it was actually at the point where they started to look at how can we as a retail outlet utilize this locker desk in front of our location for our own business? Because initially we were paying them for the space. And then it was coming to the point where, you know, they were more than happy to give us the space for free. And today, if you look at, you know, what InPost is doing in Poland, they're actually getting paid uh, to put lockers in front of their locations. So the reverse has happened. And of course, you know, with InPost, and they've done extremely well, you know, they have over 20,000 lockers in Poland, you know, which is, you know, smaller than the province of Ontario. So they do have quite the uptake and, and the lockers have become a real go-to solution for the last mile. That's really interesting as you talk about that evolution. It's just, it it reminds me of laundry locker and we had the exact same thing in the in the early days when we were putting our lockers at department buildings. we do anything to get in there and give them a revenue share or pay for rent and then kind of it became neutral where they'd let us put them in for free and then eventually it was like hey this is an amenity that we want to offer to our tenants you know how what how much these lockers cost us how can we get these into our, our building so uh it, it's fun to see a product go through that life cycle there um, yeah, and you know, I can appreciate I can appreciate the piece about the condominiums and the apartment buildings and the universities, because in Canada, you know, all that we really have is Canada Post has these kind of dumb lockers, for lack of a better word, that you know you put a key in there and you open it, and they're really not the best solution. And when you look at what the parcel locker does for that part of the industry. It's phenomenal because it's secure, it's safe. There's multiple compartments. There's all kinds of value-added services. And I love what you guys are doing at Luxor One and even the recent post that you did where you put lockers out there at a concert venue. I mean, that's, that's brilliant. That is absolutely ingenious when you think of that because how many people end up going to these type of events that may have items that they can't bring in and what are you going to do with it? And, and having that opportunity there for safe storage, it's it's fantastic. You know, I think another opportunity would be airports. How many times you go to an airport and you have something, it's a oops moment and you either trash it or what are you gonna do? I think that would be another opportunity for your type of lockers is to put these at airports so people can have temporary storage for one, two, three, five days. Yeah, you know, I mean, we've, we've proven out the model here in, in North America and both US and Canada, I think for, you know, parcel delivery, right? Um, 
and, and sort of basic parcel delivery, whether it be UPS, FedEx, or, you know, Canada Post delivering to lockers and whether it be a multifamily or university or office and such. Um, but I know you're working at Chit Chats now and you guys are really doing some some interesting stuff with with lockers and you love kind of how you've you've uh, entered the market there and and a lot of what we're focusing on at Locker Lab is you know those different use cases for lockers beyond just multifamily parcel delivery. So I'd love to hear Chit Chats the story, you know, what Chit Chats was and how lockers kind of tie into that. Uh, great point, and and it is truly a great opportunity and a great story. Chit Chats has a great package, great parcel shipping rates that they provide for the small medium businesses in Canada and the U.S. And the big advantage that we have here is that you know they have a subscriber base of an active subscriber base of over thirty thousand users, and they're pushing anywhere from 10 to 20 million packages a year. So the volume is there. And one of the things that I struggled with uh, in the impulse days was having business come into the lockers, having a good anchor tenant. Chit Chats is its own anchor tenant. And they've gone from you know a handful of stores to 41 locations over the last few years. So when you look at the cost of opening up a physical location manned by humans, uh, there is a cost to that. And putting lockers out there to add the, add the coverage is, is certainly a lot more profitable and a lot more, a better return than actually opening up these physical locations. So the lockers gives them the capacity to reach their public in a lot more areas. It gives them 24 seven access because the lockers that we are deploying are mostly outdoor lockers and are 24-7 accessible. So they are able to provide their customers with a convenient way to pick up and also drop off because they're working with the SME community. There are people that are on the Etsy, the eBay, the Shopify that may be shipping 10, 15 packages a day. And it's easier for them to go to a parcel locker, drop these off and have it dealt with versus, you know, trying to find locations of stores that may be further away. So by using the parcel lockers, we're able to increase the density of the pickup and drop off locations that we have. And one of the things that we're doing is we are actually making this an open agnostic network, which is something that uh, is, is quite normal in some of the European countries. It's never been done here because you know Amazon does have lockers for Amazon only, UPS has has or had lockers for UPS only. You know, Purelater has deployed 25 parcel lockers in, in Canada that I'm aware of, but it's for Purelater customers. What we are doing is opening the network. We're allowing all the couriers to use them. We're allowing retail and e-commerce to use them. So we're basically opening the network for anybody that feels they have a value and a need to utilize this network. And I think that is what will make the parcel locker, the parcel locker network that we're deploying in Canada successful because we are opening it up for everyone to use. And there are so many advantages. I think the last time I went through my list, I think I have a list of 50 different advantages what parcel lockers bring 
and and it certainly is, I believe, the way to go, if if we could have you know the companies work together, and there, I mean, we're not going to be the first ones that are going to be doing this. I'm sure there will be others that are going to follow, but it would be nice to see a collaborative effort. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Um, speak a little bit more on the openness of um, your your platform and or your network. And uh, as you mentioned, I you know I don't think it's overly prevalent here in in North America, but it's much more prevalent in in Europe. And um, I've always thought that you know the openness of the of of the network really allows those network effects to take shape and and kind of expanding uh, rapidly um, you know to happen. Explain to me your guys's strategy on how customers can maybe uh, or companies can tie into that and 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 how how do you see that going forward? So you know I I had a great positive response eight years ago for the few companies that I onboarded, and mm-hmm. certainly what I'm doing today I'm getting a very good positive response. We do have uh, I mean I mean remember the chit chats parcel locker implementation is relatively new. We actually deploy 25 lockers in our own store location. So they're actually in the stores. And the reason we did that was so that we could perfect the tech. So that, you know, while these were in our stores under control, where we saw people coming in and we were able to interact with them and we were able to better improve what needed to be done before we went public. And we actually went public to our own customers for these 25 locations only a few months ago. And we're at the stage right now where we are deploying them and there will be some press releases coming out at retail locations that will be open to everybody to use. And we are in discussions with couriers right now and with the retail stores, but the tech behind that, you know, it's a little bit tricky. And, you know, Chit Chats prides itself on doing its own tech in-house. Um, and this allows us to control how those lockers are going to work and the whole customer experience. So as you can imagine, you know, it, it may be reinventing the wheel, but actually, I, in my opinion, I think it's the best way to go because it gives us complete control. Unfortunately, the downside is it takes a little bit of time to get all of these lovely things that you know I had mentioned up and working, but it's it's a work in progress and it's certainly going in a positive way. So, you know, you're part of last mile profits and, and working with the the folks over there. I love watching their podcast and and you know, I mean, to them there are a lot of my vision into uh, what's happening over in Europe and and the success there. I mean, Asia is a whole another world. You know, it seems like U.S. and Canada are, are fairly similar, sort of on, on the same pass, and both haven't been uh, penetrated nearly at the same level as Europe. You know, what are you seeing? Is there anything you're seeing unique in Canada? What's sort of the the key to success in that market? And do you think it'll be like, do you think what happens in Canada will come to the U.S.? What happens to U.S. will go to Canada? How do you think the European piece will play into that? What's What's your view of of the Canadian market in sort of the stage of lockers. 
Well, you know, they're always, you, you keep hearing that, you know, it happens in Europe first and then it comes here second. And I think this is exactly what's happening right now. As a matter of fact, uh, the last mile experts, they do have some very informative reports that they create a couple of times a year where they have a ton of information about the locker deployment. And they, of course, have many countries because of the European, uh, you know, map outline there. We are actually working on a North American uh, version that will be open and will be available later this year. And we're working on providing that kind of specific data that will allow Canadians and Americans to better understand the last mile process and the value that out of home delivery and out of home is, as we know, it's poodle points, pickup, drop off and parcel locker. So it's a combination of the both. And you know, because of where the world is going and, and, and especially with COVID and some of the challenges we had, I think the value that the out of home and especially the parcel lockers bring, it's, it's going to really, really turn. It's going to move in a positive direction and it's starting. I can see it right now with what we've done here. I can see with what's happening in the US right now with companies such as Luxor One and where they're going with that. So I think it's, you know, it's, it's a question of getting consumers to better understand, you know, it's promoting, it's promoting the product, whether it's going to be, you know, through proper marketing, through good visual effects. I think we need to put an emphasis on that and really get that message out there and show, and, you know, green initiatives and sustainability is a big hot topic today. People are converting into the EV market, you know, where that's going. And I think because the lockers have such a significant green initiative in terms of, you know, reduce of carbon emissions, because, you know, you're having one driver go and drop off 70 packages at one location versus that driver going to 70 locations, it's a no-brainer. So that and the fact that we are very carbon conscious now in North America, I think that's another contributing factor that's going to help increase the locker movement in both Canada and the U.S. Yeah. Interesting. What, uh, what do you see as being, uh, you know, you, you kind of touched a little bit on kind of your vision and, and where you think, um, the industry is going to go in North America. Um, what do you think has been lacking until this point of why, why are we behind um, compared to, you know, especially Asia, but also Europe and some of these others? Why, why have we um, been kind of slowly following the other, is it just city density and, and them, ha you know, those, those different cities and, and communities having much larger density areas that they had a much bigger problem on their hand that they need to solve much faster. Um, so maybe did they just have a larger pain point um, than, than we do in North America? Or, or if, if that's the case, or what else do you maybe see? Excellent point. You know, um, actually, you brought up a few things. Yes, the density in Europe is a lot greater and it's and it makes a lot more sense especially in poland they had a huge problem with deliveries there and 
you know, they were really behind the eight ball on the deliveries and, and this parcel locker is what gave them the uh, ability to really expand. But in North America, you know, the problem is the capital cost. And, you know, to go out there and put these lockers and these lockers could be anywhere from, you know, 20 to 40 grand a location. So they're, they're not cheap. And for somebody to put that kind of money out there without any proven rate of return on these, it's difficult. And, and this is one of the reasons that I struggled, you know, eight years ago was InPost was footing the bill, really didn't have any customers. It was up to us to create that network to start bringing the volume into those lockers. You know, I think, again, the advantage with Chit Chats, because as I mentioned, we are our own anchor tenant and we have a, a, a need for these lockers. I think that's the launching point and that will, that will start, people will start to see that, that there is a huge value that uh, these lockers can bring when you need to go out there and access the community at large and provide them with convenient pickup or drop-off points. The Poodle concept mm -hmm. isn't bad. We do have a Poodle in Canada, but you know, it's again, it's going to stores where people are working behind the counter and may not necessarily be in the best of moods or motivated <laughs> to provide the best customer experience. It has that human aspect. And there are some issues with that, where the parcel locker, again, it's completely autonomous. There's no human interaction and it's 24 seven and it's very easy. So I yeah. think that this will really start to take off right now. And I hope with what I'm doing here and, and, and the lockers that we're deploying in Canada will make a huge difference and will, and will help that learning curve accelerate. Yeah. A follow-up question I have regarding the cost. I agree with you on, on the cost aspect of uh, the CapEx cost of, of these lockers. Um, you know, here in the United States, any, you know, startup or company that is is buying lockers that's looking to compete with a, a Lutz or one or, or whoever else is, is buying lockers and shipping them from, from China, typically paying, you know, 25% tariffs. I don't know if you guys have any tariffs in Canada, but we've been slapped with tariffs the last, you know, four or five years. 25% uh, tariff plus, you know, shipping costs have come down a little bit. But I was just reading that Mexico has their average manufacturing labor cost is roughly the third the cost of China, and um, the um, the training and uh, education level is actually two x that uh, compared to China. So we, we have a really um, competitive labor force here in North America and be in Mexico that could potentially help us compete on driving the CapEx cost of, of lockers down. Have, have you seen anybody, you know, I know Lutzer One is, is doing a lot here in North America, but are you seeing a shift of moving away from those areas while still being able to be competitive on uh, on the CapEx side? Absolutely. Um, and you bring a very valid point. And, you know, with COVID and the whole uh, backlog that we had, there was huge problems getting product out of China. As a matter of fact, you know, Chit Chats did get some product out of there and it took, took a bit of time, but you are right. 
Mexico is a phenom phenomenal place for us to, to get our product from for all the reasons that you mentioned. Um, and of course, you know, there is also ways that we can make the product in Canada and in America, you know, we could perhaps have Mexico pre-cut, pre, not even assemble, but have all the product ready. We could bring that product into, into our manufacturing companies and have it put together. Because the parcel locker, you know, uh, the majority of it is air. We're shipping air. We're shipping metal and a lot of air. Exactly. How can we reduce that? You know, it's a great thing that Mexico is just south of us and transportation costs are not going to be as high as they would be, you know, coming over from Asia, but still there are transportation costs. So, you know, mm -hmm. a solution, and I know that it's happening with a few companies in Canada where they're actually getting the metal in from China, uh, and but it's coming in in slabs. And all that they're doing here now is is putting it together, doing all the electronics, doing all that part, which of course there is some labor component that may be a bit costly, but again, uh, it I think that the value of doing that uh, outweighs the cost of having shipping empty metal containers. And I can see that happening in Mexico. Now, I mean, certainly, you know, shipping a finished product is great, but also it's nice to know that, you know, we could also provide an added value to our own manufacturing industry in both Canada and the US. And we know that our governments are both uh, big on made in Canada, made in the US. And by adding that kind of uh, assembly component, uh, it adds value to our own countries. But not only that, it also helps us maintain the quality because it's under our control. And if anything should happen, it's, it's close. It's close to where we are. So there is a huge benefit to working with Mexico in either conditions. Right. Uh, so you're, you're talking about anchor tenants and, and how do you roll out a network? And I'd love to kind of hear your thoughts on sort of Europe in particular and how it's been successful. You know, my understanding is most of these networks have been built sort of in partnership with a, a large carrier. So they come to the table with the money and then they're able to deploy the locker. I think InPost actually did a little bit different where they actually sort of are, for the most part, the carrier. You know, in the early days of Locks for One, our, uh, when, when I started the company's strategy was really partnership with UPS and FedEx and, hey, we can drive some significant cost savings for you guys. Um, but, you know, in the U.S., no one's been able to succeed with that really from a scale perspective, right? I mean, you talk about Poland and how it's the size of Ontario, right? And then you take U.S., um, and you have companies like UPS and FedEx who are servicing the entire country. And I don't think anybody's willing to take that gamble to say, we'll roll out all these lockers at our cost and really hope that UPS comes on board. So Luxor One, our strategy was let's build out our network on the bank of multifamily. Um, you know, Chit Chats is kind of building it based on the, the back of, of your own um, uh, volume. Um, but, you know, it seems like you're pretty knowledgeable on the European market, you know, what have you seen succeed and do we have to build this stuff on the, the back of our own uh, uh, something else or is there an opportunity to to partner? In, in Canada, you've got Canada Post. I know they put out an RFP a couple of years ago to, to push out lockers, but it seems like that never really went anywhere. Yeah, great point. So, you know, getting back to Poland and I know that in post, you know, 
initially started with Avon, uh, you know, which obviously was pure online. And then they pick up Allegro and Allegro is, I guess, the equivalent of, of Amazon, eBay. Uh, and that, again, purely e-commerce, purely online. So they had that anchor tenant that helped them. But you're absolutely correct. They actually started to do their own courier piece because there was, uh, you know, a problem with the courier network in Poland at that time. So it worked hand in hand. Here in North America, you know, having your own anchor tenant, I think, makes a huge difference. And I, um, I'm also aware of, of, of one major store chain that's actually deploying lockers at the front entrance of their store, mainly, originally it was mainly for the returns piece, and they're using the Bluetooth locker technology because, you know, the Bluetooth technology, there's, there's no really installation issues because there's no electrical, you know, part that requires electricity and all that. And they're able to deploy these Bluetooth lockers and this large chain in the US has started in, in New York in all of their major stores as a pilot project just for the returns because the returns is such a huge problem today. You know, everybody's ordering online and tell me who doesn't order two, three of and then send two back and keep one. So they've done this for the returns, but inevitably they're also gonna make it for pickup. And, and if they want, they could open a network, but will they open a network? I think they will, because it's gonna drive traffic to their stores. So I think that, you know, having an anchor tenant really, really helps unless you have very deep pockets. But I also believe that we're at the cusp of having significant companies in the retail sector, in the online sector, that we could engage with the proper discussions and the proper coordination that will become anchor tenants for anybody that wants to go out there and deploy an agnostic locker network. I was wondering if we lost you. Looked like you froze for a second. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. No, no, no. Sorry. Um, no, I'm good. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely, when talking about, you know, being agnostic and, and open, I think it's, it's a really interesting, uh, um, you know, it's, it's where the industry should be going. Um, no, this is, I, I've really uh, enjoyed this conversation and, you know, I think what uh, where the industry has start, uh, you know, started, you know, when you, uh, Tony and, and Art first uh, met, you know, 10, 15 years ago and where it's going now is uh, it is exciting. I, you know, the the open APIs, the, uh, you know, allowing any company to add lockers quickly into their payment processing or into their orders, online orders or things like that very seamlessly um, is, is what I'm really excited about. And uh, it's definitely going to rapidly expand the industry. Um, do, you, do you have any additional thoughts uh, as we kind of wrap this up on how this podcast can help you and in, in, uh, in chit chats in Canada kind of expand 
everyone's knowledge on the benefits of the locker industry for, for their business uh, and in any other ways that we could potentially help, uh, uh, you know, chit chats in, in yourself uh, as well. Well, first of all, I'm very grateful to have been given the opportunity to have this discussion. And I got to tell you, I think the questions that you've asked and the topics that we discussed are extremely helpful, extremely helpful and very informative. And I believe that the people that will listen to this will get a different and a true understanding of the value of the automated parcel locker networks. And I believe that, you know, the people that are going to listen to this podcast, and I hope they do reach out to myself or Arik uh, to have a deeper discussion on where they are and maybe what concerns they have, because there are topics that, you know, we didn't cover. And of course, you know, you can't cover everything in, in, in the amount of time that we've had, but there are yeah. so many other benefits, you know, that these lockers can bring that, that we haven't discussed, you know, about, I mean, there's a ton of different things that, that, that these lockers bring. And I hope that the people that are going to be listening to this will reach out to us. And as far as us, in terms of putting out the lockers and, and, and Arik, I, I know that you guys are doing one heck of a job with Harbor One. I think now is the time to start becoming really creative doing some of the great things like you did with the concert venue and the fact that you're opening, you're actually putting out an open network out there. I think now is a time that if we, if we do the smart and we engage the right people and we use podcasts like this one today, I think our success rate will be tremendous. And I think we're going to have one heck of a great time putting these lockers out. And I, as I said, I've been, I've been in this business for the last 10 years. I have a true, true passion for this parcel locker. And I really think, I really think it's the way to go for a lot of different reasons. And again, thank you very much for allowing me the time and uh, the opportunity to have this discussion with you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, any final thoughts, Art? Terry, it's been, been great to chat with you. I appreciate your, your insights quite a bit. Um, you know, we met at, at Home Delivery World 10, 12 years ago, whatever it was, and and I hope the next time we meet at, at Locker Delivery World, right? Uh, it's time for this industry to start coming together, start working together. And I think that's a lot of it too, right? Once we can start coming up with standards, make those integrations easy, uh, make these networks open, yep. and start making customers and, and the delivery companies and retailers realize, you know, the value to the consumer, but also the cost savings, um, you know, that's one of the, the coolest reports I saw was, you know, in post doing a thousand or 1200 deliveries a day versus a, a UPS or FedEx driver doing, you know, a little over a hundred. Right. And so, um, it, yeah, I, I think we're, we're at that tipping point and, uh, you know, that's why we put this podcast together. That's why I put together the venture fund. Um, and I think in the next few years, we're, we're going to be crossing paths a lot and doing fun stuff together. So great to, great to hang out with you again here, Tony. I I certainly hope so, Eric, and thank you again very much, and kudos to you and the podcast. Yeah, nice meeting you, Tony. Uh, hope to catch up again, and uh, it was a very insightful conversation. I, I learned a lot, and yeah, thanks for, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. Cool. So, um, 
stay on the line here for a minute while it buffers and uploads. I don't know if we can, I guess we can stop the recording. Um,